Hey good people, this is Sharika, EB, and Sabrina. You're listening to The Kickback. Glad you decided to pull up. What's good, Kickback family? It's your boy, EB. Um, I know usually we talk, start off the podcast with me saying I am here with two of my favorite people. But for those of you who are watching, you'll see that it's another, another one of my favorite people. And for those of you who may be commuting somewhere and you're listening, you'll hear a special voice to the three of us um, very shortly. If I would have had to begin with my um, temp check, I would say that I'm probably around an 86 or 87. I know that weather has kind of been consistent lately, friends, but that's just how I am feeling. And if I had to give you guys a song, don't fully recommend this song to all people. Um, but if you're a person who loves to engage in hip hop or rap music, there a, there's a philosopher or a great poet from the city of Atlanta by the name of Jay Jenkins. Some people know him Mm -hmm. as Young Jeezy, who just recently came out with an album, um, which he has a song called My Name. And it's basically just not letting people play with your name. Um, We'll get a little bit into that, possibly to the the recommend. But it's just not allowing allowing people tripping on your name because your name and you as a person is important. So don't let people play with you, essentially. Um, This week's Father's Finding. This week's Father's Finding is not like a profound thing that I learned from EJ or from my son per se, but it's something that you just have to take, um, I guess I'll say into consideration for those of you who either um, are planning to have children or you want children in the future, um, that depending on your lifestyle or depending on how you operate in certain spaces or places, um, kids can easily become very, very costly. Um, and before you know it, they are just about a mortgage per se. I don't want to put my sister Maggie's business out, but she is a child care center director and she runs an amazing um, program. And unfortunately, just recently, she lost one or she's losing one of her key employees. Um, but that employee has an infant who also attends that center which means that instead of our little bundle of joy being on a waiting list for four or five months, he actually, at the time of this recording, gets to start in about 11 days and he'll be under the care of Maggie and her team. So that's my father finding. I won't tell you how much we're paying, but I can tell you that it is a nice little mortgage in some places. Um, For those of you who've been on the pod a while, I can tell you it's two months of my old apartment. Um, So that can give you somewhat of just a, a highlight of just think about whatever an apartment is for some people, maybe 500, 600, 700, maybe 800, um, just two of those just to take care of this little bundle of joy. Um, and I'm having discrepancies currently because Judith listens on and off, but father, father findings of this week also is having discrepancies of how long he will stay there um, throughout the day of saying like, Hey, if we're dropping him off around seven or eight, are we picking him up around two or three? Absolutely not. Um, father EB wants him to max out that time and, when mom and dad is at work for long shifts, I would prefer that he's with his his TT Maggie from about 7.30 or so when I drop him off until 5.59 so I don't be late picking him up at 6 o'clock. Like, we need to max that out because we're paying for it. But that's my father findings for this <sighs> week. Um, and um, and we'll talk about it more. But if you are interested in contributing to his child care costs, you do not have to get him anything crazy for Christmas. You can just say, hey, little boy, I helped put you in daycare. And I am giving you permission to say that. So don't worry about crazy birthday or Christmas or anything like that. Just help with daycare costs. That's how I'm feeling. Sharika, Sabrina, I know we're going to introduce our special guest soon. I don't know who want to do the honors of that. Um, but how are y'all feeling? 
I'm stressed because I can't. I already told EB this. I'm not EB's parent, but I'm like, oh, we the daycare already. I'm stressed. But I mean, the only good thing about this is that we love Maggie and we know Maggie's center is on point and we know mm-hmm. EJ will be t- well taken care of. But I'm like, I'm stressed. I'm like, it's too early. I mean, are we ready for this? We as in them, but not me included, but I'm, it ain't my baby. I don't know. But so as a honorary auntie, I'm over here stressed. Like, I'm not ready for my boy to be in the daycare. We don't know the mother hoodlums up in there. We don't know them babies, them infants. We don't know what they about. We don't know where they come from. We don't know their parents. Not the baby hoodlums. Oh, no. We just don't know. And I'm just over here stressed. So, Sabrina, please, if you could. <laughs> I'm not sure they can roll over yet at EJ's age. Can they? Can they, Evie? Can they roll over and give somebody a one-two or... Is it still pretty chill? I think he'll be fine. It's still pretty chill at this age. (laughs) Um, I do want to call out the fact that, you know, normally y'all are going to see how it is for me. This is why I don't like to be on video because I be drinking my water. I be multitasking. And then Evie shows up with the official mic and the polo and the clear (laughs) background. And I'm like, okay, Evie, really? Is this what we're doing? Do I need to get my life together? The most I can do for y'all is I put my earphones in because anybody might call me, you know, my life has a lot going on at all times. So I was like, at least I'll do this to cancel off the other noise. I'm not as professional as Evie. So forgive me uh, for that. But I'm excited for baby EJ. Honestly, I was talking to my sister earlier and I was like, I don't know how parents do it because actually my sister and another one of my friends, their children are sick. You know, it's just cold season, not Mm -hmm. necessarily anything crazy. But, you know, when they're telling me, oh, this kid threw up everywhere and this kid did this and that. And then they had to go to work. I'm like, it sounds like you've already been at work to me. Like, honestly, I would pay that mortgage because it seems like sometimes work might be a break from the homework. I just I I like kids, but the I just bow down to all parents and Evie, you and Judith are already doing an incredible job because it is so hard and it is the most important job in our society. Mm -hmm. 100%. So I just don't know that I, you know, without God could ever do it. Uh, But I salute all of y'all who are doing it. I am feeling great. If I had a temp, maybe it would be a nice 65 because it is fall. And y'all know I'm a Mm -hmm. Carolina girl. I love the cool weather and my song. Do y'all remember the Hallmark song about 25 days of Christmas? The old one that was like 25 days of Christmas, 25 days of that sounded terrible. Um, and Trust me, if I tried to YouTube it a couple of days ago, and I can't find it, but I grew up hearing that because 25 days before Mm -hmm. Christmas, and today is 25 days before Christmas, they would show a movie. And my my sister-in-law and I are obsessed with Hallmark movies. She always gets friendly uh, just for November and December, and it's $10 a month. So I cash up her $10. We share it, and I have been diving in. Y'all, I love the cheesiness. I love knowing what's going to happen at the end. I love the little couples. And this whole season, I love being like, if I had my own Hallmark movie, this is what it would be. This is how Doug and I would meet. This is this. This is the side plot. So I'm in a very happy mood. I'm just excited for this holiday season and for all it's going to bring. Sharika, I know you were feeling stressed about EJ going to daycare. Um, I'm really excited for 
even Judith, that they know somebody who works at that center. Yes, yes. That is very comforting. I think that is just daunting for any parent too. Like, sure, I made a joke about having a break from your kids, but you love your kid more than anything mm-hmm. in the world and giving them up to strangers. It's honestly terrifying. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that um Maggie is there. So Sharika, outside of that, how are you feeling? I'm doing great. I'm two days off of vacation. The first day was a little tough because I was a little sleepy, but I, it was a great time with family. I told y'all I was going um, to St. Thomas and I had a wonderful time um, and came back with two souvenirs, probably uh, lots of mosquito bites and heat rash, you know, but that, that is, that's what happens when I be out there at the beach living my best little life. And But it was great. We had so much fun. Um, so yeah, and I'm looking forward to, you know, love December. It's always a fun month. Like Sabrina said, the holiday movies, the cool weather here in Florida, we're, we've been up and down. When I, when I stepped off that plane the other day, coming from St. Thomas, when I left Florida, it was nice and regular, warm as usual. But when I stepped off that plane and it was 50 something degrees, I was unprepared, but I was excited, just a little unprepared. But now I'm just like got my little sweatshirt on and just I'm just happy um, because sooner than I can blink, I'll be back on vacation again for the holidays. So I'm excited about that. My temp is uh, 68 and um, my song is uh, Underneath the Tree. I think it's Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. It's a Christmas holiday song. I love that little song. I would sing it, but I can't think of the words right now. But it's so much fun. So that's like my, like, I grew up on all the Christmas classics. But that's like the newer song, which isn't really that new. It's been a couple years now. But that's the newer song that I actually like. All the rest of the years. Most people, it's just the same old, same old Christmas songs. And and then when people do try to do new ones, I'm not into it. But that one I do love. So that is my temp. And now I have the distinct honor and privilege to introduce you guys to this beautiful, lovely, smart, fun, crafty, creative. Listen, she will say she's not, but to do what she does, you have to be. Um, is our flat friend. Should I I was gonna say, should I say your full first your full like official name? We just call her Flo. Let's not let's, let's not do that to people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just leave it at Flo Labrado. We love Flo. We uh we do life with Flo. We do life with Flo. And I've been we've been talking about having Flo on the podcast forever, like since we started. And I'm so glad this the time has come because Flo has some great, exciting things to talk about. She started her own business. So I'm really excited for you guys to get to know her. But before we do that, Flo, do you have a temp? How are you feeling? What's going on? No, me and numbers don't really uh, vibe like that. But if I had to pick a number, I'm going to go with 72 because it is that time of year that this this is just a magical time of year when you can Mm -hmm. everything feels possible. You can do what you want. You can wear a sweatshirt, maybe a pair of shorts. You can maybe get off work early, go on vacation, work, 
everything goes in, in this time of year. So I'm going to go with 72 because that's the sweet spot where magical things happen. Everything slows down a little bit before we have to, you know, get serious about work again in January. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 72, feeling this. Yay. So we're so excited to have you on the podcast. As I said, Flo, um, you guys listen that if you're not watching, get on the get onto the YouTubes. You get to see our beautiful faces and you get to see our funny expressions. Look at CC. Sabrina's giving a face right now that you're missing. Sabrina, you got your work glasses on. I love the look. It's so cute. <laughs> you're giving, you're giving studious. And I love this. And the and the people are missing the studious look. The top knot with the glasses. I mean Come on now. Y'all got to be on the But YouTube. also because I'm on the video, I have a hoodie on. And as Flo said, it is warm here. And I'm like, I took a shower this morning, but am I going to be messy by the end of this pod? Because why am I suddenly sweating? I don't know if it's the nervousness from having to be on video or what, but yeah, here we are. You can see it all. And you probably are going to see me get a snack because I was like, don't get a snack. That's not professional. But I'm like, also, this is a kickback. We're going to keep it real. This is really what I be doing as we're recording, eating, doing chores, answering emails. So you'll see it all. I'll try not to be distracting. So our friend Flo, we wanted to have her on um, because she has this new business. Well, she's been doing it here and there, but now she's official Tishel, uh, Olive and Grace. And so I love the name. Um, hopefully in your explanation, you can explain why you chose the name, but tell us a little bit about yourself, Olive and Grace, whatever you want to talk about. Tell us a little bit about you. Yes. So happy to. Um, so I'll start with me because I think that will explain um, more about Olive and Grace leadership coaching. So um, I have, um, I've, I've enjoyed a very long and, and wonderful career in, uh, a corporation and, um, have had the benefit of learning about technology, about people, about leadership, about product management, about customer experience, all kinds of things. And, um, I studied psychology, but worked in technology and eventually realized that in order to have an effective happy place to work where people feel good about their work. They feel good about their growth, about their opportunities that it really doesn't matter if it's, you know, for, if it's in sales, customer service, technology, engineering, it doesn't matter. It's still going to boil down to people and learning about people and how to care for people. And so um, some years ago, I decided that um, it was time to merge those two things, uh, my understanding and my, my passion for technology and my passion for people. And so um, I uh, went back to school and I studied management and leadership and organizational development. Um, I also studied a lot about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging. And so I got to put all of those things together um, because as much as I enjoy um, delivering business results and I enjoy technology and, and the revolutions that are happening at any given moment in the tech sector, um, to me, it's really about people. And so um, I decided that it was time to um, to step a little bit, uh, take some risks and um, opened Olive and Grace Leadership Coaching, which is a uh, it's my leadership coaching practice. And I am so blessed to to be able to serve people with career development coaching, uh, leadership coaching, um, also team health coaching, um, because we spend a lot of time at work. Um, you know, I mean, unless somebody figures out how to get paid to do nothing, we spend a lot of time at work. Okay. 
So it needs to be a healthy place and we need to feel like, you know, we're able to contribute and still have a balance and grow as human beings. Because ultimately, yes, there's always technology, but behind that is always people. So that's a little bit about uh, Olive and Grace. So how did you come up with the name? I think it's so cute. It really sounds like a like a, a baby's name or a kid's <laughs> name. And I'm sure Olive and Grace is like your baby. Like you've been working so hard on this. Yes. So where did you come up with the name? So I knew that I knew that I wanted to um I knew that I wanted to open a I knew I wanted to open my coaching practice, but I didn't want to use my name because to me, it's not about me, but it's about the service that I can help somebody else with. And so I spent weeks and weeks just thinking about a name, like workshopping, talking about it with different people, praying about it. And then finally, a friend told me to stop trying and just stop and give it some time. And um, I knew that I wanted to have the term grace, the word grace in it, because anything related to people requires grace. It requires understanding and space for risk, for imperfection, for vulnerability. And for that to be successful, there has to be grace involved. Um, but I didn't know, I knew something else needed to go before that. And so I stopped stressing and thinking about it. And my, my husband and I happened to be in Greece for our 15th uh, wedding anniversary vacation, living it up. And um, as we were visiting some of the ancient ruins, um, we learned about this olive tree that has been there for thousands of years. And this olive tree, even after a big fire, the olive tree is still there. And um, it just came to me that um, the olive branch is a symbol of both peace, but also of victory. Um, also, olive oil is healing. And um, when it comes to career and leadership development and all of those things and people processes, I realized that those things are important. Um, the ability to talk and to work through things and to find a, a healthy balance. Um, victory is important because we want to feel like we're successful, you know, like we're winning. And also peace is important because, you know, when, when it involves people, sometimes there's conflict and we need to heal through that. So it, while I was there in Greece, it was very hot. Uh, it was very sweaty. And I realized that's the name, Olive and Grace. And the crazy thing is that I had the, the the website built and everything. I just couldn't launch it because I didn't have a name. So as soon as I got home, bought the domain, launched the website. I love that. I love mm -hmm. the, the meaning behind it and just the like, well, and the organic way that it just came up. Like sometimes you, you ponder on things and then you just have to take a moment to stop and then it just comes to you but it's a beautiful name and and it has a even beautiful more beautiful meaning behind it and it is like my baby so um you know and and I'm I'm grateful the other thing too is I live on Grace Street um Aww. and it's a house where my husband and I live together my sisters and I live together and share this house and so it's just there's just so much meaning there it just it felt right I love that Love those connections. So one of the things I think that um, Sharika and Sabrina will probably, I would say, agree on is that flow that you have a sense of just a resilient spirit, as you talked about just a little bit about skill sets and passion and having a sense of victory over certain things or certain people or just situations that people go through. Um, I know we were part of somewhat of that season when you was making that decision to go back into school. And it was so good to just see that, you know, that leap of faith. But like, so what would you say to maybe some of our either viewers or listeners who are second guessing, not just school, it might be school, it might be a job, might be transition, might be moving to a new place. But like, what 
put you in that place of like, I can do this or like, what made you take that leap of faith? What encouragement could you give to them? Oh man, that's, that's hard. Um, and I, I, I want to say that it's really important to acknowledge that two or three things can be true at the same time. Um, someone, you can be a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous, and mm-hmm. you can have courage. Mm-hmm. Um, but waiting until all the fear is gone, waiting until the nerves are gone, um, isn't helpful. It's never going to go away. So I think it's important to acknowledge that there is some risk. There might be a little bit fear. There might even be some doubt. Like, can I, can I go to school? Can mm-hmm. I go for that big job? Can I go for that certification? Um, can I make this big life transition? Acknowledge that that fear exists, but then also have the courage that goes along with that fear and allows you to move forward and take some risks. Um, so that's, that's number one. The second thing, I think it's important to also allow room to make mistakes and to fail. I think that oftentimes we set these goals that are so specific and super specific. So either we hit the goal or we failed. I think it's important to have more flexible goals um, so that, you know, maybe bake your goal 80% of the way, but allow room for things to look a little bit differently than you, what you might have imagined. So, um, for example, maybe someone wants to, maybe they want to do a career pivot and they have their dream job in mind, but maybe they have to spend a few years doing something slightly different. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. That isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean that they've missed their goal. It means that they're spending some time exploring and learning and figuring out what works, failing a little bit and learning from that and getting back up. And that's where that resilience comes in. So I think having that flexibility and that openness to um, things not going as planned, um, maybe even making some mistakes and but learning from it is is super important when making a move. And the third thing I think is really important is to be really, really super crystal clear on three things. Um, and I, I talk about this with not only with my clients, but even someone who is um, who we're talking about them possibly becoming a client. There are three things that are really important. One is to get really grounded in what your personal values are. What is important to you as a human being, not as an employee, not as a student, not as a parent, not as a spouse, but as a human being, what is most important to you? And then figuring out what are the work, your work values? Um, What do you need out of work? And then the third thing is, what are you good at? Figuring out those three things and combining them can serve as a compass for decisions, right? Um, That you can then check against if you're thinking about a school or specific company or taking time off from work or whatever, checking all your decisions against that compass can help you make really, really, really good decisions. So even if you're a little bit scared, it's okay because you know you're moving forward um, with something that is congruent with who you are and what's most important to you. Definitely. Thank you for that. So that was a long answer. No, it wasn't. That was good. (laughs) That was good stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. And I love what you said about failing. Um, I've heard wise people say there's only one way to fail and that's forward, right? Mm. Because you are learning as you're failing and you can't be afraid of it. That's part of the growth process. Absolutely. So that's exciting. Um, what do you say to people who don't have those three things figured out or maybe just have two of the three things figured out? Um, you mean between like values and work values and strengths? Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Um, that is hard because, um, one, let me start with that. Even if someone thinks they have it figured out, it's not permanent. We change mm-hmm. as humans. So I think that is, um, 
it is important to constantly reevaluate. I'll tell you, I reevaluate at least every six months. Um, and that's something that I do for myself, a heart check, a mind check to see where I'm at, a sort of temp check, right? To see where I'm at. And, um, and because things change, life changes and we change as well. So, um, I think what I'm going to say next applies both to someone who maybe hasn't figured out one or maybe all three of those things and also someone who has and it's time to reevaluate. Um, one, um, for your values, it's important to think about what is important to you as a human being. If you're alone in a room, think about what is what you hold most dear, what is most important to you that you would fight to protect that as much as possible. What brings you happiness or brings you joy? Also think about what you don't like, what makes you cringe and figure out, get really, really clear on that. And that's work that we each have to do for ourselves. Like no one else can mm, tell us that. Yeah. But it is also helpful to go to talk to someone else, talk to a mentor, talk to a coach, um, talk to people that you trust that can reflect to you and who know you really well and know you well enough to give you feedback so that they can help you clarify what your values are. And then for your work values, I think it's important to check in with yourself, but also with the people most impacted by you. That may mm. be your family, that may be your closest friends, because what we do for work impacts other people. I'll give you an example. Um, a few months ago, well, more than a few months ago, there was a possibility that um, my corporate job was going to ask me to relocate. And that's a really big decision. And I can't make that decision by myself. I needed to also talk with my husband and talk with my family and my friends and get really grounded on what is it that I most need out of work right now. Mm -hmm. I can make decisions congruent with that, but also that I'm honoring the people closest to me. Now, figuring out what you're good at this, um, I take a more scientific approach for this one. Um, you know, we can, you know, we can, you know, guess like, hey, these are the things that I'm good at, or these are the things that people tell me that I'm good at. I highly, highly, highly recommend um, an assessment that is um, scientifically proven as valid. Um, the results, I mean, tens and tens of thousands of people have taken it. And I highly recommend um, Clifton Strengths is owned by Gallup now. And it's a questionnaire that helps you figure out what are your strengths, right? Mm. Basically, what are the things that come naturally to you? And then, you know, hey, I'm good at these things. If I invest in those things, I can turn them into a strength instead of trying to be somebody that I'm not. For example, like I'm I'm terrible with math. I'm terrible with numbers. I don't have a head for numbers. Um, so I can either spend more time um, sharpening the strengths that I already have or waste a lot of time trying to do numbers when numbers and I don't vibe like that. Right. So if I put more energy into what I'm good at so I can become even better at it. And then rely on people that I know and trust that are better at the numbers that I can make better decisions. So, but that is, a, that one is a little bit more scientific. Um, but when it comes to values and work values, that is really personal work. That is, that is so true. Cause when you were naming those things, I'm like, what are the things that I have? You know, I'm, I'm doing that personal inventory myself. And, you know, that's, that is what it takes. And along those lines, I wanted to ask what makes someone coachable? Like what makes what makes it ideal for someone to be a coachable person? And the reason I bring this up, because I meant to say this earlier, but here we go. The next few weeks, um, starting with this episode with Flo in the next few weeks, I wanted to help you guys be prepared for the new year. I theme I told E B and Sabrina the theme is 
New Year Best You. And that's why one of the reasons why I wanted Flo to be on here because she has so much great knowledge to share. But as we all grow in life, we want to be the better, best versions of ourselves. And that takes transition and time, but it also takes preparation. And so that's what I wanted to walk through this, this month. Cause January is going to be here and you know, you be checking out with the goals. You'd be like, what's your goals and how far have you made it this far in the year? So if you be preparing in December when January hits, we already hit the ground running. And so one of the things that we, I wanted to talk, wanted flow on here for was because of what she does in her business, but we also have to be ready to be coached. If, if mm-hmm. that's, if, if that's something we desire, if we want to grow and be better, you know, we don't always have everything built in within us. We need some outside help and that's what flow does. So if I want to grow or I want, how do I, how am I, or I guess as a coach, what makes a person or a client ideal for that situation? What things do they have to be ready for when they enter into a coaching situation? Oh, that is such a good question. And I want, I want to, I think there are two sides to that. So from um, the, the client's perspective or the person seeking coaching, which I'm, I'm on both sides. So I'm a coach, but I also have my own um, professional coach, right? Because it's important to have both. Um, I think it's important to keep an openness to learning. And um, I mean, I think we've all heard a lot in, you know, recent years about having a growth mindset. And I think a growth mindset is sometimes misinterpreted as um, a constant drive to grow, grow, grow and learn, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But the the point of uh, having a growth mindset is an openness to that. I think I know what I'm doing, but I can always learn more mm-hmm. or I'm confident in the direction, but I'm going to remain open to new information that can help me grow and learn. And having that growth mindset that says, um, I, I'm open to ideas, I'm open to feedback, I'm open to new information. Also, a growth mindset that um, maybe I'm not good at XYZ right now, but I can get better at that. I can learn that, I can master that. Um, I think that is super important, having that openness, because that allows the individual to invite a coach, a mentor, um, trusted family and friends to pour into their lives. Um, But that also on the flip side, there's a lot of responsibility on the coach as well. Coaching is not about telling someone what to do. Um, It is not a parent-child relationship at all. It is very different. The, The role of a coach is to create Um, what I'll call a, what I call um, a container. And you might hear this reference from a lot of professional coaches. Creating a container is, is like a, a, I don't want to say a safe space, but a brave space where the individual and the coach can um, be open with each other, have honest and perfect conversations. And then the coach can serve the role of asking questions, knowing when to push, um, knowing when to pull back, um, having empathy so that they can better connect with the individual and help them make sense of their situation and create a path for what whatever it is that they want to achieve, whether it is to sharpen their leadership skills or to level up in their career or to completely change careers or whatever it is. But yes, it's important for the individual, the client to have an openness to learning, to having that growth mindset, uh, but also for the coach to show up as a coach and not as an authority or a parent figure, because nobody needs that. 
Definitely. Nobody definitely needs that, especially if they already have that or they're already hearing it. Those extra voices sometimes just, I guess you could say, muddy the waters. Um, so what I kind of heard from that is just a, a level from coach and client, right, to being somewhat receptive of what's being taught and shared to you, but also a sense of trust and loyalty of like, hey, we're in this together. Um, I know one of the things, and I think all of us will say it, just knowing you flow and knowing, you know, your practice and hearing some of the great things that you're doing and your vision, what you want to do and knowing Sharika and Sabrina, a lot of times like you'll pour into something or someone and they kind of, I guess, reject it or they don't want it. You know, just thinking of either ministry or friendships or relationships might even be family. Right. And that's like when I say relationship, I'm not talking about just a significant other, but your friends, your family, you know, so what do you do? In a case now for us, or at least for me, I can speak for me and I'm pretty sure Sabrina and Sharika will say the same, but for me, I'm just sending them to you tell them to go to Olive and Grace practice if you need coaching and leadership. But what do you do in settings that, you know, cause we've seen this, I think this has been here forever, but it's been more recent um, because of just the rise of social media. And I know COVID took a hit on mm-hmm. things where things became a little more magnified. What do you say to an individual who's in a toxic work environment? Oh my gosh, that is that is hard. Um, because um, even the definition of a toxic work environment is very subjective. You can have like the five of us. The five of us could be in a room, and we'll all have different perspectives on what is a toxic work environment. But I'm um, I'm going to assume that the toxic work environment means a place where there's constant change. Um, unsure of, um, unsure of, you know, of what the goals are, unsure about how to be successful, low trust, um, disconnection, all of that. So assuming all of that, I think the most important thing is to understand that we can't change the environment alone. It is impossible to change, to change the environment. Um, it is, if someone is a, a position of leadership, especially executive leadership, they have a huge responsibility to heal that culture. And there are ways to do that. Um, but if you're an individual, maybe you're an entry level leader or an, an individual contributor and you, and you feel like, Hey, you know what? I don't have power to change the situation. I think the most important thing is to get grounded on who you are. That's the most important thing. Get grounded on what you want out of work. Get grounded on your values. And then consider, does this organization align with my values? Because if it's not, that's not where you want to be. And get out of there. Now, that's easy to say, you know, yeah, just go find another job. But we all know that the job market is, you know, hot and cold. And it can be really difficult to change jobs. However, if you know what is important to you and align your actions with that, it can help with weathering the difficult situations. Maybe um, you have a very difficult boss and, you know, they, they pull the rug out from under you and it makes work really stressful. But uh, maybe your personal values include, um, let's say, uh, family. And so you decide that because um, over your family is in that in this time of your life, that you're going to weather the storm until another opportunity comes up. But at least being grounded on your why you're going to weather that can help you be resilient through the challenges. However, I also tell people, get out of there. Um, when making a decision like that, again, I do recommend um, not just jumping to the next thing, not just running away from something, but running towards something that will be better for you. So an organization, a team of people that sing to your heart, that align with your values, a place where if career growth is important to you, go to a place where you're going to grow. Don't just move away from a bad situation, but also move toward a place where you want to be that aligns with who you are. Um, But also like, Find your people in the meantime. 
it's so important to find your people in any organization um, and even outside of the organization. I've had periods of in my career that were particularly difficult. And it was important for me to connect with my mentors, um, to connect with even people outside of the organization who offered a different perspective. I recommend um, uh, what I call, I'll call a board of directors for your career development. And that's not just one person, but a few people that you trust that can pour into you, who can give you the straight talk, um, but lean on them to help you weather those difficult times. But whenever possible, get out of a toxic situation. Get out. Wow. Thank you for that. And some of what I've heard, of course, just has been repeated somewhat of like a theme for me of just knowing your values, right? Like, so um, if it's anything for me, it's like, being a sense of just self-aware of who you are. And it takes me back to that word that you, which is interesting because it's not like a foreign word, but when you just talked about just having your compass and letting your compass guide you, whether that be the community of people that you have around you, your skill sets, your passions, your values. So thank you definitely for that. And um, one thing that I do want to add to that, because I do want to acknowledge it is a privilege to be able to just jump jobs, right? If someone were job hunting and say 2019, 2020, depending on the certain on, on the sector they were looking at, it might have been easier for them to make a jump. If um you're looking to jump into technology right now, it's gonna be hard. I mean, we've seen mass layoffs in so many companies right now. Um, but it is important to um to stay ready. Don't just wait to get ready when the opportunity shows up. Get ready and stay ready before the opportunity is there so that when it does when it does become available, you're ready to go. You have already a competitive advantage. Don't wait till like friends, don't update your LinkedIn when you're thinking about job hunting. When you're happy in your job, still update your LinkedIn. Make sure you're networking, make sure you're talking with people because that is the way that it gets done. I'll give an example. I have a wonderful friend. We worked together some years ago and she took some time off from work. But in that entire time, the months that she took off from work, she's still networking with people, talking with people online, still keeping her connections fresh. And now that she is um, looking for a role, she already has a network of people that she can lean on and ask for references and stuff instead of like, hey, I know I haven't talked to you in two years, but can you give me a recommendation? It's too late at that point. You got to get ready and stay ready before the opportunity opens. And that way, when it does, you can jump on that. Well, you said one of the words that for me in my career has felt like a dirty word. And it's the networking because I kind of have always led with this thought of my work speaks for itself, right? My work and my reputation will precede me. I don't have to um, buddy up with people, but I am hearing over and over. And even from colleagues now, as the listeners know, I went from nonprofit to the corporate world who were like, Sabrina, yes, your work is great, but please don't go to bed. Talk to us. You need to network. So what do you say to those of us who are more introverted? And even listeners before the call, it was spoiler, Sharika. because somebody made a comment of like, how they miss working with friends. And I was like, I don't, because when I'm at work, I can be so laser focused. I don't want to chit chat. I don't want to hang out. I want to do my work. And then I'll relax later. But um, I know there's a happy medium in that. So what is your advice for those of us who are like networking? Nah. Uh, <laughs> listen, as a fellow introvert, I can tell you that it is hard. I am, I am, I'm am a deep introvert. At the end of the day, give me a book, give me Netflix, and I don't want to talk to anybody till tomorrow. That's how I recharge. So I, I think networking um gets um I think it gets a bad rap. 
when we hear networking, we probably think of like, you know, smooshing and, you know, kissing somebody's butt, whatever. And that's not what I mean about networking at all. Like, I don't do that. I will not do that. I, that's just not me. But the I, I want you to think of networking as think of like a spider web, right? And the spider web gets bigger and bigger over time. And the more connections that we have with people, the more that not only can they help us out, but we have the opportunity to serve someone else. And it's not just about the connections that I have with each person, but also the connection that my connection might have with somebody else. Um, and that network is so important. It's not just about being buddy, buddy. And yes, I think it's great to have fun together, but it's also to have a network of people that you can reach out to, to support each other. Um, for example, recently, um, I, um, I have a situation with a potential client that we're not a good fit for each other, but I want him to get the support that he needs. So I reached out to a, a colleague in another company who recommended a different coach for that person. And because she's part of my network, she was able to connect me with this other coach, you know, across the country that can help this person. Or um, another, I had trouble with my website build. Um, I had complete creativity block and I reached out to someone else so I can get the contact of the person that built their website. And so the network is is not just about, you know, being buddy, buddy and kiki ki, although I, I like being a good kiki ki, but also like being able to serve other people and for just us to be able to help each other out. And not to mention like, look, the world is changing at a faster rate than it has before. Today, we're using AI to do tasks that three years ago, we didn't even, three years ago, I wouldn't have thought to put in four ingredients to chat GPT so it can give me a recipe. I don't know how to cook, so I need help. So I, I wouldn't have known that. So as more work becomes automated or faster, um, it is even more important for us to have deep human connection before the robots take over the world. They're not. I'm kidding. But it's important to have, you know, those connections because if not, none of us can be successful without each other. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. So Flo, um, you earlier said a brave space that that in the coaching relationship, you need to have a brave space. And I love that. I never heard that. I always hear of a safe space, but I love brave space because um I think that when you're you're in when you're when you have said I want to grow or I want to learn you have to be brave and and there's a level of vulnerability but you still have to overcome that and be brave and that you know I think about um when you say when I when I hear the term safe space I think of like the whoever the facilitator whether that's the coach the leader the teacher whatever they are creating a space that someone else will feel comfortable in but when you're saying a brave space that to me takes ownership of the person to not only like wait for someone to make this place uh you know safe where they can step out but even if the space isn't safe you're brave enough to then um, you know, step up and do whatever or ask or require whatever you need out of that situation. So with that in mind, what does it look, or I guess what was your, what would be your advice for people to be brave, not only in the coaching situation, but in the workplace? Um, because we, we all, you know, when Evie was talking about a toxic environment, I'm thinking, you know, 
people want a safe space, people want a safe space, but sometimes the safe the space ain't safe, but you need to create a brave space or create some brave braveness within yourself to, like you said, you know, assert yourself in a way that best serves you in that environment. Oh, and it's about to get spicy here. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's about to get spicy. So, um, you know, I think the, the, the idea of creating a safe space, I think is a wonderful idea. And that is creating a space, a container in which a conversation can happen without judgment, um, which I think is really important. However, I think that a safe space can sometimes be misunderstood as um, a space where um, there is no judgment, but also no accountability. And accountability is really important. A brave space creates um, that psychological safety where there is trust and judgment will be suspended. However, it allows each person to still, um, it honors each person's autonomy to take accountability for their words and their actions. And this is where this is related to, to toxicity in the workplace. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, in a workplace, there can be a resistance or avoidance of conflict. Like the number one destroyer of organizational health is lack of trust. That is the number one contributor to dysfunction. Um, but we cannot understate that fear of conflict is the second one. And when people avoid conflict, things go unsaid and everyone, everything feels safe and warm and fuzzy, but we can't move forward. A brave space allows for some healthy conflict, for some healthy disagreement, or even allows for accountability. Um, and this is where it gets spicy. We all know in 2020, there was a lot of energy in a lot of companies about, you know, equity, inclusion, belonging. And there was a lot of energy and money and all kinds of things, you know, companies put out statements and it was all great. And then by 2022, that energy seemed to fizzle out. Why? It requires courage. It requires brave conversations and brave spaces for people to learn and to hear feedback and to grow and adjust um, and create real equity. And that's part of organizational health. That's part of leadership. That's part of career development. If everything were safe, we would avoid the hard conversations. But here's what happened too. When you avoid uh, hard conversations, the fresh ideas are kept because people are, fa- are af- afraid of being judged. So they keep their fresh ideas to themselves. And without fresh ideas, there isn't innovation. Without innovation, I don't care what the organization is, I won't see it here in 10 years. So it is important to have brave spaces where people can have healthy debate, healthy conversation, grow, challenge each other, affirm each other too when it's warranted and grow as people and as an organization. But without that, we're going to be having 2020 all over again in a few years. That is so true. What a word. Thank you for that flow. Um, So I have a question for you. Um, So what do you say to maybe a young professional who doesn't necessarily have what might be the courage yet to run right from that place, but has the voice of leadership, but mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have faith in leadership. Like I like, and I'll use myself, for example, right. I feel like I have the ear of whoever within my organization, but necessarily don't have faith because um, I see at times where history repeats itself or your actions um, in the past, you know, and I'm not saying people can't change and all that good stuff. I'm saying your actions in the past doesn't necessarily bring me any form of confidence in the future. So, like, what do you say for a young professional who has the voice of leadership, but no faith in leadership? Oh, that is tough. Um, I first thing I encourage people to approach with curiosity 
because it may be that their leader is struggling with other factors they may not be aware of. That may be a possibility. So I think that's a really good opportunity to learn from their leadership about what is the greater context? What are the things that are top of mind for them? I think it's important to um, to understand, not saying that it excuses bad behavior on behalf of leadership, but use it as an opportunity to learn. At the very least to learn, this is not the kind of place I want to work in, or maybe this is not the kind of leader I want to be, because every situation is an opportunity to learn. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, but also, I think it's important for that person to also seek um, counsel and seek advice from other people. Um, there is this misconception that um, someone's mentor, primary mentor needs to be their boss. And that's not necessarily true. Um, and often that is a terrible idea. <laughs> so I think it's important to have different people pour into you. Um, it can, one of those individuals, you know, even with their, their struggles can be your boss, can be your immediate leader, but also find other mentors, maybe other leaders in the organization who can give you a different perspective. Um, find leaders outside of the organization, whether it's, um, it could be like, I leaned a lot on, one of my college professors when it, very early in my career. And I'm so grateful to this man, um, Dr. Steve Heckinen, because he helped me um, make some decisions about where I wanted to go, whether I did want to go straight into a PhD program or I wanted to try this technology thing for a while. And I needed to talk with someone who was not my boss. And he was super helpful. He gave me wonderful advice. So don't just assume that your boss is the person you got to go to. There are other people who can help you make sense of what's going on and help you make uh, good decisions for yourself. Well, you talk about like the importance of having that community and other people around you and networking. Um, so what would you say to the people who are that those people who are like, listen, I've been in my own world for two years, but I'm hearing Olive and Grace and I know I need to get on it. How do I approach these people I haven't talked to in two years, five years? I need to go back and hit up this graduate professor. Do you suggest they do that or do they start fresh and just talk to the people around them? Um, I think it depends on the situation. So um, uh, as an introvert, sometimes the Internet can feel safer for me. Sometimes it can feel safer. Um, if you are a LinkedIn user, I recommend even starting very small, um, just reading content and commenting on someone else's content. And that sounds very small, but it helps you develop the practice of taking even a millimeter of a step in outreach to connect with someone else. And then eventually you might find that you develop a relationship with someone online and you, you know, you end up connecting. I think also it is, it can be as simple as saying, Hey, you know what? I've been in a vacuum for a little while and I'm interested in your work. I'd like to connect. Or, um, recently a someone else that is, um, has, uh, is thinking about venturing into coaching as well. I met her in an online training workshop and she just wrote me and said, Hey, you know what? I'd like to talk with you to learn more about how you're making this jump. It can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be like this big, complicated introduction. Just like, Hey, you know what? I like to learn from you or I like to connect from you. Uh, um, or I see you're doing X, Y, Z. I'm interested in learning more about that. It doesn't have to just be like, Hey, I've been in a vacuum. I need to connect with people. It could be, Hey, I'm interested in what you're, what you talk about, the content that you create. Um, but also if it's someone in your, in the company that you happen to work at, that's even easier. You can say, look, I am, I see the work that you do. I'm looking to grow in this area. Can I meet with you once a month? 
It could be online. It could be for coffee or whatever. But if even that feels intimidating, totally understand. I've been there myself. It could just be as small as just starting to engage with someone else's content and build that confidence over time to have a little bit more courage to reach out more broadly, but grow your network, grow your network. I love that advice. It's solid. And y'all have heard her reference LinkedIn a lot. Listen, I thought LinkedIn was a joke. I remember a couple of years ago in grad school, last semester, part of what we had to do was make a LinkedIn. And I was like, what is LinkedIn? Y'all, so many people find jobs, connections, make friends. I've even seen a recent status on LinkedIn that was like, remember, this is not a dating website, which makes me believe some people are finding the one. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, LinkedIn is really linking people in. I'm here for it. So I think just as we close out this session, which has been phenomenal flow, Mm -hmm. um, if you nothing else, please make a LinkedIn. You know, AI evidently can make you a nice little fake business profile picture from one of your uh, old MySpace ones or Facebook ones. But even if you had no picture, LinkedIn is a great way because of what Flo said. There's so like my eyes have been open recently to just so much content. You can follow people just like Twitter. Um, look at the career that you like and connect with these people. I know for myself, I've had randos reach out to me mm-hmm. because they saw what business I work with. And they're like, hey, do you mind giving me a call? And I was like, sure. And then they wanted a recommendation for whatever. And I'm like, this is, LinkedIn is really that girl, low key, but hot key. So thank you, Flo, for giving the plug for LinkedIn. Yes, it is. And I do want to say like the the traditional way of finding a job and applying and then hoping for an interview still works, but LinkedIn is even more powerful. You can connect with recruiters there because mm. recruiters are the key to the company, right? So listen, connect with the recruiters out there. If you want to work for a certain company, go connect with the recruiters from that company and that will get you a closer shot at an interview than just blind applying. Oh, I love that. That's great advice. Flo, you... You have shared so much, shared so much information. Um, and, you know, we could be here all day asking you questions, but you, we know you're booked and busy, so we're not going to do that. But I will give you the floor right now to say anything else that we haven't asked or anything you do wanted to, um, you wanted to impart on the people before we um, moved on to the next thing. This is your floor, sis, to do whatever or say whatever you have to say that maybe you want the people to know. Um, Um, I think it's important to just remember that um, each one of us, we each have autonomy and willpower, and we can put the effort into getting closer to the goals that we want to achieve. It's not just up to a company or mentors or other people. We have to do that for ourselves. So go ahead, get to know yourself, invest in yourself, take the chances, um, because um, you got one, one life to do this. So make the best of the opportunity and the resources out there. And then, of course, if you want to talk with someone uh, who can um, just want a sounding board or a coach, please find one. It doesn't have to be me. But if you like it to be me, you can find me. I'm happy to connect with you. Um, You can find me at Olive and Grace Leadership online. You can find me on LinkedIn, Flo Labrado. You can find me on Instagram even as Olive and Grace Leadership happy, uh, just happy to connect. And I do got to throw this in for anyone listening to the kickback. Um, if you decide that we're a good fit for each other, 30% off of you, the code is the kickback. 
love that flow. Listen, oh, see, man. it pays to listen. And listen, you listen, you guys want a Christmas gift. If if you're looking for a Christmas gift for a friend, listen, it might be all in grace. Or listen, at least send them the podcast and be like, you better listen. And she you don't tell them the information, have them listen so they can get that information for themselves. So can you spell mm-hmm. that out for them just so there's people can hear it, what how to to find it and where they could uh, get their little 30% off. I love that flow. What a blessing. You know, so, uh, y'all, you're getting blessed today. <laughs> and even before we talk about money, we will first have a conversation that is at no cost because I want to first get to know your goals and make sure that yes. I'm a good fit for you. If I'm not, I might refer you to to someone else. Um, but you can find me at um, oliveandgraceleadership.com. Same um, on on Instagram. And we'll set up first a conversation. And if we're a good fit and you decide that you we want to enter this um, coaching engagement, the, the discount code is exactly that, the kickback. D-I-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. I had to think about it. <laughs> but it is the kickback just like the podcast love it yay mm-hmm. listen I might need some olive and grace in my life 2024 let's go Um, I am getting ready for our scripture and I was torn because I was going to go in one direction but Obviously, as normal, the conversation kind of steers me in another direction. And we have alluded to the scripture before. I think we've made a joke here and there on it. But today, I just really want to dive into it. And we haven't done something from the New Testament in a while. So this will be Acts chapter 19 is from the message version. I'm going to start at verse 11 because context is everything. And then we'll probably get down to verse 14. All right. So this is when, um, obviously, the disciples are doing acts in the, the beginning of the Christian church, and things were really popping and going great. And we're going to look at some things that Paul was doing. So verse 11, God did powerful things through Paul, things quite out of the ordinary. The word got around, and people started taking pieces of clothing, handkerchiefs and scars and the like that had touched Paul's skin, and then touching the sick with them. The touch did it. They were healed and whole. So there's the context. Paul was popping so much that people didn't even have to have Paul around. They just took his clothes, touched people, they're healed. So Paul, where were you during COVID? Side note. Um, but anyway, uh, going to verse 13, where I crack up at this scripture all the time. Some Jewish exorcists who happened to be in town at the time tried their hand at what they assumed to be Paul's game. They pronounced the name of the master Jesus over victims of evil spirits saying, I command you by the Jesus preached by Paul. Come out, etc. The seven sons of a certain Siva, Jewish high preach, were trying to do this on a man when the evil spirit talked back. I know Jesus and I've heard of Paul, but um, who are you? Then the possessed man went berserk, jumped the exorcist, beat them up tore off their clothes, naked and bloody, they got away as best they could. I wish I was making this up, y'all, but you can't. The stuff in the Bible, like literally, HBO would have to do it because Disney, ABC Family can't touch it. Hulu, yes. no. This is crazy right now. Do you hear what happened? They were like, if Paul can do it, 
I can too. So Jesus, the one that Paul talks about, first of all, that was their first mistake. You don't even know Jesus. You're just saying Jesus, Jesus, I'm guessing his name was more common. You know, I've heard some Jewish friends tell me that his name is actually, uh, Joseph, Joseph. So they were just saying, you know, Jesus, the one that, uh, Paul talks about, um, by his name, by his power. And, and it just reminded me, Kind of what we're talking about with Flo when she said, you have to know your values, your mm-hmm. philosophy. You have the autonomy. You can't just be going around by, well, it, always by the name of God, right? But like on somebody else's laurels, you know, yes, we can take Paul's clothes and heal people, but we can't take yours. So why did you think you could go over there and approach this demon? And the fact that the demon talked back and was like, I don't know you. And then it didn't end there. He had hands. He beat them up and then they had to get away as best they could. So my encouragement today from this scripture funny is do your part to be your best you. Sharika titled this series beautifully and we have a lot of uh, honestly really solid things planned for you to dive in and get those goals aligned to your values and the way you want to live your life so that you can go in the name of yourself and really know what you're talking about. Evie. What are you expounding on? Right. Yeah, definitely. What are you expounding on today? Um, first, I'm going to expound on what you just shared and tell people that's why it's important to just read the Bible. Like it's more mm-hmm. than just, um, as some would assume these assumptions of just a whole bunch of rules and regulations. Like it's literally, um, everyday people's, their life, their story, the way that they lived, how they responded to certain things or how they reacted to certain things. And it's really our creator doing everything he can to redeem all people back to him for the purpose of which he created. Um, I'm going to actually get y'all with a quote, um, from just the stuff that we was talking about. Um, a former president who was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, JFK once said that leadership and learning is indispensable of one another. Leadership and learning is indispensable of one another. These things go hand in hand. So like, you know, from you as an individual being a leader of yourself naturally, because you wake up and make your choices or decisions. But if you're looking to learn new things, if you're looking to grow, um, and if you go to Olive and Grace Leadership on uh, on Instagram, you'll see just there kind of like four pillars of like this discover. And I think it's discover, empower, grow and achieve, maybe. Yes, I got it. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, because, you know, I, I, I be browsing and I don't have it in front of me because I don't log on to Instagram on the computer. But I just know those four things. Right. And so if you're looking for that, not only in 2024, but maybe you want to start, as as Sharika said earlier, maybe you want to start in December. You want to start this month. Right. At this time. So you can already be past the starting mark and you're already in a sense running the race that's marked out for you for 2024 um it's just interesting on how god's work i'm gonna see if i can pull it up real quick without belaboring too much time but me and a group of friends um we get together every year it's a group of four of us um for those of you who are not a part of it you know god bless you don't feel some type of way it's not that crazy it's not like next level but it's four of us who get together and i'll shout them out because for the most part they listen shout out to my brother tim my brother jp and my brother Vontae. but we do these things where we just give each other like well not give each other but we assign ourselves a word of the year and shout out to tim um holding us accountable Vontae does it as well a little at times throughout the year but we'll just say how's that word of the year going and actually today at the time just recording um 
Tim asks, how is that going? And have we started thinking about our word for 2024? And I look back at my word of 2023 or for 2023 that was written on a lovely day that many people, I don't know if many of our listeners do, but I know some people might remember, but it was a day by um, that was entitled, well, not entitled, but the day is January the 6th, which is an anniversary for some people. Um, but that was the day our notes got created and that's a different story. But my word of 2023 was patience. Um, and then we went deeper with each other, right? And I'm pretty sure this is what you'll get for Flo um, or anybody who she refers you to or recommends who might be a great person to coach, where it's not just hearing a word, but it's like, let's go a little deeper. What does that mean? So Tim asked these three questions. What does that word mean to you? And I said, to me, this word means letting go of things I can't control and allowing God to really open up my eyes to see what's going on. Then his second question was, what does it look like to be successful in this year using that word? I said, honestly, I'm not sure, but it might be not stressing over a new job because y'all know I'm still looking for a remote work. And if you got one, hit me up. This ain't, you know, and now I need to be locked in because it seems like people are not only on LinkedIn, they're getting locked in on LinkedIn with new jobs, new relationships, new things. So okay. I probably need to create one. I, I, I've always said if I create a LinkedIn, then know that I'm looking to peace out of where I'm at. So if y'all see me with a LinkedIn, know that I'm ready to lock in somewhere else. But I said, honestly, I'm not sure, but it might be not stressing over a new job and being at peace would be God blessing me with a child if that's his will for us. And like, I read it today, I screenshot it to the group and I was like, Man, I'm about to prophesy 2024 for bread, whether that be groceries or money. But I literally read it and I like literally teared up. Um, For those of you who are watching, you probably can't see it clearly, but like I'm trying to stop myself from even talking about it. But I literally like choked up and I was like, me and Judas were not planning in a sense, like aiming, like, hey, we're going to have a kid this year. If you had Judas, you would have told you it would have been like 24 or maybe even 25. Because it was like, you know, trying to stack coins and trying to see. But then I was like, I wrote this in January and not even knowing. And January was the month she found out, but she didn't tell me. Like, so Judith, this I'll tell you how some of some relations work. So she found out late January. I didn't find out till early February, just so y'all know. So like she held that in the tuck because she wanted to do a whole little thing. And then his last question was, how can you impact others? Because the things that you learn and the things that you mm. do is not just about you. And that's what Flo was talking about. That's what we kind of wrapped up with, of having a sense of community, networking with other people. But the question was, how can you impact others with your commitment to that word? And I said, reminding myself constantly of the importance of this word and what patience really mean, as well as guiding people to not rush through things and leaning on God for everything. I think we miss out on the beauty of life that we d- live with others when we're always on go all mm. the time. So in that sense of patience, um, I encourage you to maybe think like, and I, we're not saying that just because Flo is a friend, but like it's serious to have other people in your life and doing um, life with you. You can't like, you're not, we talked about how you're created by God um, for a purpose. Um, so like, you're already not self-made, whether you think you are or not. So mm-hmm. like God made you and God called you to be in community um, with other people. And now for me, as I'm trying to wrap my head around, like I wanted, I wanted a kid, like, and I say planning, cause you, that's not something you can do on your own, right? Like that's something that you, the person that you're doing it with and God blessed, like all these things have to, um, in a sense, align. I wanted one, if it would have up to me, it would have been like tw- maybe 22 or 23, just cause of thinking of where I would want to be. Now, granted, God can, Allow me to live to 800 or 900, whatever Noah and them was. But we hmm. know and the way things are, that's not 
happening right now in these times, or or even if their years match up to what ours is. That's a whole different story for another um, segment on this podcast. But I was just baffled by how there's power in words and how yeah. um, I'm just saying patience like God, if this is your will, then it is what it is. And how he made that happen without even me going back to that until, you know, Tim texts that today, because I wasn't just sitting there like always reading it. Um, and other times I didn't even go back to the notes to check like those responses. I just knew my word of the year was patience and like, how am I being patient um, in areas, whether it be with people, especially with family, um, with friends, with things at work, with things in the world. Um, so it was just crazy to think about that. So that was another father finding Ooh. to wrap that up um, wow. with this week. So uh, that's what I got for y'all this week. I do not have a movie or a show or a book to recommend. So Flo, um, I know you listen to the pod, so we go through a segment of just giving recommendations. So my recommendations for you to start praying and considering what is your word of the year for 2024 and whether that's a small group chat of four people, or maybe it's you and another person, maybe it's you and your spouse, maybe it's you in the kickback. Like you want to message us and say, my word of the year is X. Um, for 2024. And so this is what we're going to do. Actually, um, we are going, we as in the kickback is committing to the first five people, one, two, three, four, five, who send us a word for 2024 on Instagram. We will make sure it might not be mailed to you because it's just trying to save money and paper and stamps, but we will virtually send you a gift card of some form. I'm not telling y'all the amount because we're not going to do that because I don't want y'all to just do it just for the money, but because we're going to try our best and I'm because we sometimes mess up, we people, but we're going to try our best throughout 2024 to um, just check in with y'all specifically and with our all of our listeners are saying, how is your word of the year going? Is going. So the first five people, we're going to try to get y'all um, a a gift card who sends us your word of the year. Now I know you're like, EB, we just got to December. I still got to get through these 31 days, but you know, Flo told y'all, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Cause you're going to already, it's going to already be coming to you. Like you gotta, you gotta be ready for what it is. So now you know that this is going on start thinking about it and message us. So that's what I'm recommending for you to send us a word of the year and for you to create that word of year. Sharika, Sabrina, which I got before Flo go. I want to say that the, you have to comment on the post. It's going to be the post of Olive and Grace. It's going to be, uh, Olive and Grace, uh, post, um, uh, what's your, what's the thing called? The, 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 the logo. The Olive and Grace logo. logo. We're going to have a Olive and Grace logo, um, on our next, uh, post from the kickback. And if you comment on that post, your word, you'll be eligible to win the gift card. Love it. Exciting. Uh, I'm recommending something <laughs> that is uh, not as polished as what we've been talking about today. But do y'all remember the show, The Squid Game? Or yeah, Squid Games? Netflix. I, yeah. They came out. Yes, with a- I don't know why black people always like to say the. I don't know. Flo, is that a Dominican <laughs> thing too? We be saying everything: the AIDS, the COVID, Every, the, the Facebook, the Facebook, Caribbean thing. Yes, I, I, so I don't know why I said the Squid Games. I'm pretty sure it's called Squid Games. Anyway, that series, um, was actually a Korean series and they had 456 people willingly participate for a chance to win about 45.6 billion won, which in American dollars, that's about 35 million. Just a lot of money. But they didn't know the stakes of the game when they entered that only one would win and all the others would be killed at some point. So if you lost the game, you lost your life, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, but anyway, Netflix now has something called Squid Games 
challenge. I almost said the challenge. It really physically, I felt my body trying to say that. Um, and it is so y'all, y'all, it is so freaking good. It is so good. So the reality series also starts with 456 players competing in similar games as the show for a jackpot of the same amount, but obviously without like the lethal consequences like you live um but it is entertaining doug and i i love when doug and i get into little our little debates because he's cheering for one person i'm cheering for the other we're in these philosophical and ethical discussions about who made this choice and why what when how i know it's holiday season and i should be zoned in on hallmark but i have to finish this i'm four episodes in and i have no regrets it's so good oh you've seen it even it's so, I'm so sad when the one person, okay, we can talk about it after, but I'll just say the battleships. Oh, that killed me. Oh, that killed me. I oh, was I... rooting for this person. We'll talk about it later, but Sharika, what are you, what are you, I got to watch it this me? weekend. So good. I saw another podcast talk about that too. I don't, I'm like, I would need, if I'm going on this, I need y'all to have written things that I will not be killed, like the real Squid Games. Like, I, I don't know. Am I really going to trust? I don't know. I, y'all basing it off this movie. I, I don't know if I'm in it. But yeah, I did hear about that. And I heard that it was really good. My um, recommend is uh, Celebrity Squares. You might have heard of Hollywood Squares. It's like a game show. And BET has brought it back. Um, And it's Celebrity Squares. And they have different celebrities on there. It's like basically the game of tic-tac-toe. And there's two contestants they have to ask. I mean, they um, they pick a spot where is a, a square where a celebrity is and they basically are asked the, the celebrities ask the question and then the person has to say they believe the celebrity or not or not and if they get it right they get to either if they're x they get an x or if they're o they get an o and so you know i y'all know my buddy kevin on stage is is my friend in my head um and he was on an episode of celebrity squares i watched uh, i've watched almost all of them but they're really good but i also watched the one that kev was on and if you want to watch that that's my recommend celebrity squares in general but if you just want to watch the one where he's on there it is i don't remember the number which number it was but the title is um all my life i had to church and it's actually a quote that he says in the episode and they titled the episode after his little quote and i'm all excited about that Y'all not beginning to invest it. But anyway, the Celebrity Squares on BET or if you have On Demand, it's On Demand and probably on BET Plus or whatever. I don't know. All the things. So that's my recommend for you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have a recommend for the people? I do have a recommend because I can't stop talking about this book. So there's uh, this co- this book called Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. He's an organizational oh. psychologist um, at a fancy school. And that I listened to it on audio. It blew my mind. And it is about potential is not just about um, the resources that we have right now, but it is how far we've come in the past. That's a better predictor of where we have to go. So if you struggled a lot, that is a predictor of your future success. Like it blew my mind. Also, I especially recommend it for parents. EB, especially recommend it. Like parents need to read this book. Right. It is mind blowing. 
I would definitely check it out. Um, do you know if they have an audio book? I can look it up. Absolutely. So. I listened to that okay. book while uh, driving around. Okay. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. where I'm at with books now. I'm, I'm, I'm more of an audible user. It just helps yeah. me. I don't know, because my love for podcasts is just easier and I retain mm-hmm. information more as an auditory learner. Um, but yeah, so that's what we got for you guys this episode. Remember, remember all the things that have been shared and all that you've heard. Maybe this is one of even those podcasts where you pull out your note section in your phone or you grab a notepad and you go back and you listen to it again to write down notes of saying, how am I going to close out 2023? How am I going to get ready for 2024? Um, as we always say, like, share, comment, subscribe, mm-hmm. this is a good send it one. to a friend, yeah, send it too. to somebody who needs it. Go on Instagram and go to Olive and Grace Leadership. Hit that follow button because um, you'll get just, you know, I won't say random, but you'll get content from what Flo puts out um, on that page. Her and her, her, her squad, her team, just because, you know, already because, you know, I didn't know I was going to have a child this year, but it seemed like I prophesied that because of how <laughs> God worked. So I would say Flo and her team will look out for you in 2024 because I'm just hoping, and I would say Sharika and Sabrina will say the same thing, hoping and praying for great things for Flo um, as she continues to just pour into people. Um, she has a, a love for God and a love for people. And she just really just loves to see people do well. So it was great having you on yes. um, this this week, Flo. So thank you so much for your time and your wisdom of just sharing it with our listeners. Yes. Um. This was an episode that y'all, it was an amazing episode. We had amazing guests and of course the amazing co-host as well. But y'all better share this episode because there's a lot, there's a lot of juicy things happening up in here. And one, you can get 30% off. You can get a gift card. Listen, or, or you know what? If make sure you send your word first and then you can share it. So then by the time your people get it, they'll then already miss the, the gift card, but at least they can still get the 30%. <laughs> So there we do you recommend you definitely hit up Alden Grace or share with a friend or somebody that you know, maybe a young person that's finishing up high school or college, or even if you're a seasoned person in your career and you're like, you know what, I want leadership coaching or I need to learn about team culture. Like there's so much that wisdom that Flo has. And as you can tell, she's sounds so much like she's so much fun because she is. So she's a great time. And so definitely, guys, please, you want to get this information out. So share this with someone, even like you might say, share it with somebody you don't like. They may they, yeah. they may need it the most. <laughs> they may need Whether it the it's most. your loved ones, liked ones or those you don't like, share this information, share this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to us. And Thank you, Flo, so much for your time. We know you are booked and busy, and we just thank you for taking time out to be with us today. Thank you for letting me play and to to be on the other side of it, because I've just I've been binging the podcast in the morning, at night, at the gym. So thank you for letting me be here today. As always, if life, family, friends or an organization is trying to punch you in your face, call Olive and Grace. Until next time.